0: Welcome back to the Life and Times Podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips, and, uh, you know, we'll get to our episode right after a word from our sponsors. Winchester Ranch premium beard oil products contain unique scents that are unmatched in the marketplace. They only use natural, unfiltered, uncut oils to provide the most nourishing ingredients in your beard regime. So leave the big box beard oils for the hipsters because no self-respecting cowboy wants to work cattle smelling like a New Jersey nightclub. So whether it's AM lumber, outlaw, trail boss, or whiskey saddle, Winchester Ranch Beard Company has the scent for everyone. You can reach Winchester Ranch Beard Company at WinchesterRanchBeardCo.com. Once again, WinchesterRanchBeardCo.com. Our next sponsor is American Survival Co. You can reach them at americansurvivalco.com. Wilderness Survival and Tactical Training. They have two locations in Jacksonville, Florida and Northwest Arkansas. War Eagle, Arkansas to be exact. Your instructors are from the hit Netflix show, Snowflake Mountain, Matt Tate and Joel Graves. So whether it's a few hour workshop or a weekend course, it's perfect for individuals or team building exercises. For more details, head on over to com, and also check out their podcast, Survival Logic. Once again, com. Welcome back to the Lifetimes podcast. Back with your host Lloyd Phillips, uh, doing it again. Uh, today we have a we have a guest and I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, it's uh, Jimmy Trammell. Seems like I'm related to him, but even if I'm not, he's the most fascinating person I probably know, like personally. if I'm just being real. Uh, he's a Tulsa World writer. He's been with, he did sports for 25 years, and uh, and then for the last eight, he's the pulp culture writer uh, there at Tulsa World. So he does a lot of interesting things. Uh, Jimmy, thanks for being here. How are you today? Man,
1: I'm glad to be here. I'm flattered you would even ask me. So thank you for having me on.
0: Oh, well, I actually can't believe that. <laughs> Look, I know we're related, and I know yeah. like we know each other, but I actually didn't expect you to quite so fast. <laughs> I said, "Hey, man, you want to be on the show?" You're like, "Yes."
1: My my grandpa used to say this about my mom is that if somebody would ask her to the, go to the junkyard or, the, or anything, she would just go because she wants to go places. Yeah. So, I mean, you hit me up and said, do you want to be on the podcast? And I, you know, yeah, I mean, let's go. <laughs> it's a, it's a DNA, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, when I had brought it up uh, to, to the show editor late and I'm like, hey, man, I think my cousin's really a fascinating guy. And he's like, call him. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Because it was late. I felt like it was late. And I'm like, I don't know. It's a, a random late call. He's like, dude, call him. And then I was like, yeah, I'll call him tomorrow. He's like, is he your cousin or not? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I was like, sure. (laughs) And then, and then, uh, you know, I probably called your, your office line.
1: No, no, you call me at, uh, we don't, I don't work in the office anymore. We all work at home since COVID. We've all began working at home. Yeah. So it's a, I can roll out of my bed, short commute, you know, walk four steps and I'm I'm at work. That's a deal. Here's the bad part. It's, it's great that you can walk to your office, roll out of bed, walk to your office. It's bad that the refrigerator is like seven steps away. Yeah, because you you're, you're like puppies or dogs. Like I did something nice, so I'm going to go give myself a treat. <laughs> yeah, you know, over and over and over
0: again throughout the day. Do, do you feel like you you gained weight since COVID? Absolutely. Have yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, how I, about you? Uh, yeah, but I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. But I did it in more of a funny way. Okay. Like you're you're sounding like just accidental. You're just living life. Get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that I was gaining a little weight and. Um, And then I'm friends with this guy named Chris Klimas, the Roger State baseball coach. And he Mm -hmm. said, he's like, hey, man, you should get up to 300 and then make TikTok videos how you lose it all. So, like, for a second, I was like, okay. (laughs) Because because I was already heavier than I've ever been. And so, you know, what did I get to? I don't know. I was like 273. Somewhere at 273, I was like, I can't. Chris, I can't do this anymore. I got, I got to lose weight, man. And uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm still chubby from the thing, but I do not weigh two seventy three. Well, aren't you fascinated
1: by actors who like put on thirty pounds for a role or lose thirty pounds for? I, mean, yeah. I don't have that kind of uh, discipline. I mean, like, no. I mean, hamburgers.
0: Yeah, you know. I, I mean, honestly though, I think I think if <laughs> if you were doing a movie. Uh, and you were already kind of a skinny guy, and you were trying to be healthy, but you had to, like, chub it up for a roll. Yeah. I would, I would think I would be yeah. kind of excited. I'd, I'd be game for
1: that, you know. Yeah.
0: I mean, it would, it's going to suck right after, but I think I would be excited yeah. initially.
1: Another amazing thing is, like, an offensive lineman in the college or the NFL, yeah. in the 300, and you see them – this happens lots of times. You see them 10 years later, they've lost 100 pounds. Tim Martin. Tim Martin's a perfect example. Yeah, He looks great. Yeah, it looks I, great.
0: I honestly think I outweigh Tim Martin right now. Yeah, and but I don't look like Tim Martin. <laughs> so like a, no, I, I noticed that a lot. Yeah, because uh, I was at Southwestern, and so there's a lot of guys that you see later in their skin, like on Facebook, and they're and they're yeah, they, like, "Who are you?" They don't look like they used to. Yeah, right. And, and uh, you know, and I went opposite. By the way, my friends, they still let me. They still let me hear it uh, quite often. So I, I now I have a question because um, okay for all the things that, that you've done. And you come from the same tiny little town that I came from. I mean, it's not like, it's not like you don't have opportunities to, to do whatever you want to do, right? But you came from this little town, and, and um, back in the day, there was no um, internet. So it was the newspaper. So how old were you when you first started? I'm assuming you were in journalism in high school. Is that a thing?
1: Yeah, I, I knew like early on that I wanted to do, be a writer. And uh, Locust Grove, our hometown, yeah. had a great journalism program—not a good one, a great one. They yeah. would like go and win awards every year, mm-hmm. and and they took it serious. And so, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, jumped into that, and then got a job at the newspaper in Pryor, uh, the county seat, you know, of our yeah. home area, and uh, was sports editor by the age of uh, twenty.
0: Oh, that's where I was going. I was going to ask you how still, you were. while
1: still going to school in, at North College, North Eastern State. It, it shouldn't be advisable to let people be sports editors at age 20. Because would you say your brain is fully formed at age 20? Well, no, 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 no. So I made 8 trillion mistakes, you know. But you learn more by actually doing than to, from a book, you know.
0: So, all right, let me ask, just because uh, when you're writing for the public, you you have to have some some sense of writing. Were you an intelligent kid? <laughs> you weren't an unintelligent kid, but um, when it come to writing in school, like, is that just a thing that you could always do?
1: Here's the deal. Stories are undefeated. Stories are great. I I love stories, and it doesn't matter if it's a movie or a uh, book or a comic book or a song. There are great song story songs. I mean, like Marty Robbins, Don't Go to El Paso. You're just going to get shot. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, you know, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. I mean, I think The Devil May have actually won that. I mean, I'm not sure Johnny had the song there but the point is st- stories are great and i love stories and a lot of people love stories a football game is a stories a story in four chapters mm-hmm. four quarters yeah and you just don't know how it's going to unfold that story until you stick around to the end so i've always loved stories yeah and uh, I, i'm a consumer of stories i mean I, all those things i said I've, i love stories and and like to create stories too so yeah um uh, I'm addicted to stories.
0: Do you ever do, have you ever done any writing? I'll get back to the thing in a second, but Mm -hmm. have you ever done any writing on your own? Just like ever written a book?
1: Well, I've written two sports books, one with Pat Jones, the former Oklahoma state. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. And and also one about, uh, not, not with, but on, uh, Barry Switzer, the OU coach, former Mm -hmm. OU coach. Yeah. Uh, and he couldn't cooperate with me when we were doing it, but he said, Hey, uh, send it to me when you kind of have it mostly done and I'm going to go through it and I'll tell you like, no, this is wrong. And this would be more accurate. And he did that. He's I think, a great guy. Uh, So uh, two books, but but I've always had the itch to write something from my own brain as opposed to
0: telling somebody else's story. Right. Okay. Well, so with Barry Switzer, uh, I don't know if you've looked at it this way. So he read, so literally like Barry Switzer read your book first. To tell I, you, I guess he did. To he, tell you, he what? proofread
1: it. Yeah, and said and crossed out some <laughs> stuff and said this is not right, and and uh, you know this <laughs> would be more right, and so on. And there was one part of the book; it's really a book about him being the ultimate uh, players' coach. Like once you play for him, it tells his life story, but it also demonstrates like if you commit to play for him, you're his guy for the rest of your life, not during yeah. the four years you're on campus. And there was one part of the book about a gentleman who lost everything, in her former player, lost everything in Hurricane Katrina, and uh, Barry Switzer basically provided him a fresh start uh, in life with his contacts. And uh, you know and the guy moved yeah. to Texas, so on and so forth. But uh, w- at one point, every, you, anytime you write a book, something's going to get cut out. Mm-hmm. Not, ever, not everything's going to make it. And that part was going to get cut out, and he successfully lobbied me uh, to lobby my bosses, like no, this is that part of the story needs to stay in. So uh, he was a co-conspirator, if not a direct. Uh,
0: so when when you say your boss is, uh, so did you write that book under uh, direction of it, the Tulsa it World? It was it
1: was for the Tulsa World. Here's yeah. the here's the deal: is like uh, at one point we were in the same chain with a newspaper in Omaha, and every time Omaha wrote a book about. Gee, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, mm-hmm. when they were rocking and rolling, it sold really well. So the, my work decided, gee, if we could write a book about someone who would guarantee sales, who in all of Oklahoma would that be? You <laughs> yeah. know, and it's kind of a no-brainer. Real brainstorming. That person <laughs> is, is, is yeah, is Barry Switzer. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, but here's the problem. He wrote his own book, Bootleggers Boy, mm-hmm. uh, several years ago, and it's a fantastic book. Okay? It's, it's really fantastic. So only a fool would try to write another book after a guy's written a fantastic book about himself. <laughs> so that tells you who you're dealing
0: with. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good how you how you dwindled that down right there. Uh, now I was gonna so I, I was actually gonna reference him because I uh and and that's part of the fascination that I'm gonna get to. So so let let, let me go back. So you got uh-huh. uh, prior and then you left prior and then um, how did that come about where the Tulsa world's like, Hey, let's go get this kid from prior. Well,
1: I think like everything in life, it's who you know, yeah. and I'm not going to lie. You can have the best resume or the best uh, skills or whatever else. It really comes down to who you know. And one of my, another person who had worked in prior also, his name is Bob Colvin, uh, really a, a great guy and a super uh, writer and was a copy editor on the sports desk at the Tulsa World. By the, the people who don't know there's a, there was a sports desk then, you worked four to midnight putting out the paper. I mean, you. It's not a fun shift because you work till midnight and then you go home. And on on what days? Every day, every day. Your your days off would change every week. You'd you'd have maybe your days off would be Tuesday and Thursday. If you were lucky, you'd get two together. Mm You were almost always working the weekend because, gee, that's when ball games are played. So, um, anyhow, uh, you you get home at midnight if you work that shift, and you can't go right to bed. It's impossible. You stay up till three in the morning. And then you sleep till noon, and guess what? It's time to go to work again. Mm-hmm. So it's it, uh, and that was the first job I had. But but this other gentleman, Bob Collin, spoke up for me to the great sports uh, columnist Bill Connors at the Tulsa World.
0: Who I, who I remember, you know, from, yeah. yeah, and and
1: he's passed on. Right. It's been a few years, but uh, maybe the best sports writer Oklahoma has ever had and ever will have. Although Barry Trammell at the Oklahoman, uh, my cousin also on the other side, yeah. uh, is uh, great as well, but. It came down to somebody went to bat for me, and gave me a chance, and I got my foot in the door. Took the bad job, you know, with the hopes that, uh, gee, if a writing job opens up, I'll go. I'll leave the sports desk where you write headlines, and uh, and and edit other people's stories to gee, where I can go to some ball games. I and mean, yeah. who wouldn't want to go to a ball game and get paid for well,
0: it? Well, kind right? of where I was going with that. that when, even though you're working on the weekends doing those kinds of things, did you do you did you feel like you were working? Like I mean, did did, did you feel like you're working? The,
1: uh, when as a writer, when you go to games, yeah, no, it felt like fun, and that and that's why what I do now is the entertainment, pop culture stuff, right? Okay, what they have in common is the is the sports writing and the entertainment stuff. They're fun. I mean, I I have no desire to cover crime or politics right. or government. I mean, that's that doesn't that's not fun for me. I, I want to play in the sandbox. Okay, yeah. and sports and entertainment are sandboxes. I, I can't get motivated and there are other people who who cover those things and they are great at them and I have respect for them but I can't do that because it's it just wouldn't be fun for me
0: okay so when you were when you were the sports editor prior at for the Daily Times um, it, was that your first writing gig like you walked right into sports I, I'd done like some uh,
1: part-time uh, you know freelance work for the prior newspaper and some of the little newspaper locust Grove yeah. had a tiny little paper at one point and they would pay you like uh, per inch like you know a dime an inch for for a column inch in a newspaper really
0: i'd change yeah. the font
1: yeah no <laughs> doubt but uh you yeah, know it was it was my first like real gig and i was having so much fun doing that it was great fun you could cover five high schools and mm-hmm. uh and uh, i wasn't much older than the, the kids who were playing the games That's
0: awesome. and you still remembered some of the players oh, like, on the field. Oh, You're like, I don't like this guy. Watch well, this article. No, it's no,
1: it's more so the other way. Like so many of those people are still my friends, whether it's Facebook yeah. or real friends or whatever else. But I was having so much fun doing that that I, I, I mean, I quit college. Yeah, uh, at one point because I, it was just more fun to go to work. <laughs> uh, but. I was making maybe $200 a week or something. I mean, I blocked it out of my mind. It's so low. I don't want to have painful memories. And I knew like, I can't make $200 a week, the rest of my life. So I yeah. got to go finish school, which I eventually did there at NSU, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, so, all right. So when you were doing sports and that's the thing, like um, you see all these people on TV and uh, especially like OSU, OSU, OSU and OU fans. Um, you, you see the interviews that are on TV all the time and, and you bring up Pat Jones and Barry Switzer because those are my childhood, right? I mean, and then just further other people that you know through time. Just as a, an individual who's watching it on TV, it's not fascinating. They're on TV, but you see these people like close, like right, right up close to the point to where you're on a first name basis with these people. What, well, uh, like in your heart, it kind of in your heart, do you think you feel like that's kind of cool? Yeah, it's changed. Uh, back then.
1: There were personal relationships. You're, you shouldn't be friends with the people you're covering because if they uh, yeah. rob a bank tomorrow, you have to write that. And you, so you can't write that about your friends. You, so, but it, it was personal and professional at the same time. And they were people who you wanted to be around them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like uh, Pat had talked about how uh, Stillwater is not the easiest place to get to you You got to come at it this way or that way yeah. or whatever else. But he, he, you wanted to be around Pat and those guys because he just made it fun to be there. I mean, he got it. Um, Bill Self at Kansas gets it. I mean, uh, he, because he's a people person. It, I feel like we're going the wrong way now that so many people want to put up walls. The salaries have gotten so big that they put up big walls and you never see inside.
0: Do they put up walls or do the people around them put up walls? Well, I... They become
1: uh, kings of their little kingdoms. Yeah. And they, if, if it's not them directly putting up walls, they have enablers who will put up the walls right. for them. And there are still some exceptions out there. But it's, it's changed far, far, far from the time where uh, you had so much access. You'd go in the locker room after a game and talk to anybody you wanted to talk to. Yeah. Uh, you could call a player... With permission, uh, arranged in their, like, dorm room or, call, or their apartment. Kids, yeah. And they would faint now. They would have a cat if you tried to call a <laughs> player now in their dorm or their apartment. Even if it was arranged by the university, it's yeah. so different.
0: So when um, when you were doing that, what did you cover? What was, like, your thing for, for the longest? Or yeah. just all of it. What, well, what did you cover?
1: Uh, we didn't have pro sports here until Thunder, basically. We had the minor league stuff. So yeah. uh, college ball, I mean um, – you know, OU, OSU, uh, Tulsa, or Roberts. We used to cover Arkansas big because Arkansas from Tulsa is the same distance as Norman. Right. Uh, so we would cover all, all those schools. Uh, I, I was the primary golf uh, rider for a while and covered. Uh, I had the 2007 PGA Championship. And as yeah. a perk, they sent me to the Masters and in, uh, in the U.S. Open. That year, you've hit a golf ball before, I know.
0: Yeah, um, I, I have, but I was going to say, are you the one that put me in the paper for the hole-in-one? You know, the little tiny section that's this big that says, Lloyd Phillips, hole-in-one. I don't know, hole maybe. Hole-14. Maybe. Which course? At uh, Broken Arrow Golf and Athletic Club. Okay. You, you know how they call it in. Who puts that on there? That's not a writer. You just... No, that, that's what that? I was
1: talking about. They had the sports desk that worked four to midnight. Yeah. That call would come in, and it's your job to actually physically make sure which on on this page what goes on it what's the top story what gets the biggest play uh what's the second and third best story that you go on the page and then so on and so forth all the way through the paper
0: that's so did you um, i mean i know that you're a writer during that time but did you um, interview sally fu abdullah or joe warren depending <laughs> on the year there I was real fortunate. That, you know what a you know
1: what a beat writer is? Yes. Okay. And for those who don't know, a beat writer is someone who's assigned to cover one team or one school. That's your that's the team you cover throughout the whole season. When I first got to the Tulsa World, we did not have a beat system, which was very unusual. Uh our boss would just assign us like, "Okay, this week you're covering the Arkansas game. Next week you got the OU game. Week after that, you got the uh game and you might have a, even have a Dallas Cowboy game, but you were covering somebody different uh, every week. And it, that's not the best way to do it because if you cover one team for a whole season, then you kind of form relationships. And, right. and to your question, I was so fortunate in that uh, in some of my years as the University of Tulsa beat writer, it was a time when, when Joe Warren, Sally Fu, our uh, hometown uh, buddy, was actually uh, playing there at the University of Tulsa. So yeah. it's
0: uh, by the way, Tim Martin, who we mentioned earlier, he thinks uh, he thinks Sally Fu is the most physically gifted person he's ever met in his life. Led the Western Athletic Conference
1: and sacks as a senior yeah. at the University of Tulsa, and but love 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 basketball more than. Uh, in football, we played uh, you know basketball at the park and in, in Locust Grove <laughs> a million times. Somebody was such a fan of him, they spray painted his face at mid court at the outside court. Did you know that? No, that's true. There was mid court on at Gorda Park. Somebody got a can of spray paint and sprayed it like a tribute to Joe's face in mid court of Gorda
0: Park. I think if I think real hard, I yeah, I probably remember because I went to Gorda Park. Um, a lot. Yeah, we always play basketball a lot. Though, we, what do you,
1: that's what you do when you grow up in a small town. Yeah, you, you, you go to the park and you play basketball, or you. People, I was going to say, or people drag Maine. A person doesn't even know what that is anymore.
0: <laughs> I did. A, I did an entire episode talking about this. Did you really? Yeah, because I know because I, I know you're uh, older than I am. But yeah, um, when I was in school, I just rehash it. It was a while ago. So when yeah. I was in school, uh, they, his nickname's Paco, but Jared Potts. Jared Potts owned Main Street. when he ah, uh, his, okay. I, I don't think he had a job, so his mom had to spend $300 a week in gas back when it was 50 cents a yeah. gallon.
1: Oh, In hindsight, it was so stupid because you'd go up and down the road all <laughs> over and over again. And who are you going to see different that you don't see every other day of the week? Oh, nobody. But sometimes you would go to, we would go drag main in a bigger town. You'd go to Pryor. Yeah. Or Cl- Clamore had a horrible drag main problem. Well, for the city, not for the kids, but it it was bumper to bumper gridlock. That main drag,
0: it was, and you turned around at Sonic, didn't you? Is that, is that as I recall? In which town? In Claremore,
1: maybe, but I can't recall. I didn't do a lot of Claremore, and in Tulsa, you would sometimes you'd go to Tulsa a Memorial, and, and you know, back in the day, before decades earlier, it was Riverside Drive, or I'm sorry, Peoria. They called it the Restless Ribbon. Yeah, but but yeah, Memorial was nuts. You yes. know, as far as. People who, quote, unquote, were dragging Maine.
0: Yeah, because, uh, well, nobody got ran out of anybody's parking lots back then. You'd drive down to Tulsa, because uh, when I was 16, we would drive there and do that. And and uh, thousands of people would be parked.
1: Well, let me ask you a question. What killed it? What killed dragging
0: Maine? Um, I, uh, uh, liability, maybe? <laughs> like, I don't know. Insurance liability? I, I was going to say phones, because you, you can...
1: Do anything on your phone. But but I was going to say it, but but it died before that. It died before, really, the iPhone. I have no idea what killed it, but it, it just ceased to become a thing. But you would think it would carry over from year to year to year from... Seniors graduate, freshmen, and sophomores carry on the tradition. Yeah. It, it just died. So, why? Yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, because in, in the town we live in, uh, there would be 100 kids at Harps parking lot or IGA, depending on when, when, but there'd be like 100 kids out there or where the doctor's office was, there'd be 40 kids out there. And it just, I don't know. They just started making you leave. Uh, I think it was probably we don't. I don't want to mention their names, but they're notorious where we're at. <laughs> it could have had to do with uh, with this group of guys that uh, would go steal Christmas trees and throw them down Main Street. Uh, oh every man, night. I don't
1: know. It, man, if we could get into the stories that can't be told, <laughs> I won't name names, but the, there were obviously soft drinks in front of one of the business soft drink machine vending machines in yeah. front of one of those. Uh, Businesses, Yeah. And uh, one of the guys or two of the guys found out how to reach their arm up in there (laughs) and grab a free pop. And they basically were, they were emptying those machines. That was not me. I mean, I'm trying not to, you know, be a thief. The fact there's not much worth, I I hate thieves, but this I thought was like kid stuff fun. Yes. But they eventually got caught, of course. And they said, you're going to have to repay everything you've stolen. You know, how much do you think you've stolen? Like, well, you know, six bottles of pop, you know, (laughs) something like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think I owe you three fifty. dollars Let me just dock my paycheck, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually funny. So well, for all those times that, that you you did this, did you have somebody that you felt like was the most fascinating person? I, I Like, I think I know who you're going to say, and that's why I'm asking.
1: Most fascinating as far as, like, an interview subject? Yes. Uh, Evil Knievel. Exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, as a writer, you hope to find somebody who's not uh, – who would just be themselves instead of instead of uh, playing a character or being guarded? And Evil Knievel would have said anything. Yeah. I mean, which is not surprising I mean, he tried to kill himself a hundred times yeah. on motorcycles, right? Yeah. So why wouldn't he say anything? Yeah. I mean, but some of that you can't separate from hero worship too, because at the time I was growing up, there was nobody bigger than Evil Knievel. And I was talking with some guys earlier today. Whatever you liked at ten or twelve, you're going to like that forever. I mean, monster movies. Yeah, I like those forever. (laughs) Evil can evil. Yeah, six million dollar man. You know, Bigfoot fighting the six million dollar man. Yeah, I I quit little league baseball. Mm-hmm. When I found out I would have to miss episodes of The Six Million Dollar Man. That's, that's what a did true it. story. That's what did it? I'm 100%. <laughs> so when I quit for sports to be the pop culture writer, it was the second time
0: uh, that I left sports for entertainment. Uh, forgive me, because it was just a tad. Of, oh, I know what the show is. Yeah. What's the guy's name?
1: Steve Austin, uh, Lee Majors. Yeah, Lee Majors. Yeah, yeah that's right. You're, are you aware that he fought Bigfoot? No. Yeah, it was like the huge deal. Like uh, oh, he, It's got to be. He's yeah. the only one that ever saw oh, Bigfoot. Oh, my God. And it turned out to be a robot and The Bigfoot did. So it wasn't actually they still haven't well, found it. In, in this world of the $6 million man, Bigfoot was a uh, just created by these aliens or something as a robot. And, yeah. uh, and then he and the Botic Woman both fought him. It was just fantastic. <laughs> it was like a huge event.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, have you ever met Lee Majors? I
1: actually have. Yeah. I saw him. At, I go to a ton of pop culture and Comic-Con type yeah. events. Right. And, you know, you see all these guests. So And uh, I, I uh, saw him at a pop culture convention, I think, in Dallas. And uh, he wasn't surrounded by a lot of people. And, he, and I just made eye contact with him, and he made eye contact with me, and, you know, little hearts came above my head. <laughs> but I, I just kind of shook his He reached out, and I shook his hand and said, hey, you know, thank you for all the entertainment you've given us. I really yeah. appreciate it. And then uh, uh, the bionic woman, I, I've interviewed her, uh, Lindsay Wagner. She was at a pop culture yeah. con in Tulsa a few years ago.
0: So d- how, fa- how far do you get to travel for those things? Just um, regional?
1: I, I if it's driving distance I'll go. Like yeah. I've been to San Diego excuse me, San Diego Comic Con twice yeah. in two thousand. Right? But it's it's blown up so big that it sells out immediately and it's almost like a lottery. Like really tickets go on sale, tickets are gone. Just it's like that. Uh so it's gotten it, it's impossible to get tickets to it anymore. But it's, but I'll go to Kansas City, Dallas, uh anything kind of in the region. And uh, but I I dig that uh, nerdy stuff like the all the things that have to do with comic cons and and people for people who don't know all the celebrities there typically will do a uh, free question and answer session in public for the price of admission so you can go here if your favorite celebrity or this person or that person's there you get to go ask them a question and and uh, you know you wouldn't normally get to do that
0: that's actually I mean that's awesome who I mean, would you, you want to see because you get to see so many interesting people I don't know man look I I like uh, <laughs> I like, and I don't know if they make it to huh? Comic Con, but I I love Lord of the Rings movies. I like Harry Potter oh, All those movies. guys are at those. Comic-Con. I love the Harry Potter movies. Like, I love all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know if those Harry Potter guys are there because that just seems like they. No, they all the time. Like they're, oh, yeah?
1: Yeah. Like uh, Draco Malfoy, who played yeah. the bad guy, he was at a con in Tulsa a few years ago. Really? Yeah. Uh, but uh, here's the question they, they also they make their money selling autographs and photographs. Yeah. Okay, that does that doesn't come with a price for admission. Yeah, give me someone who you would pay to get their autograph. Because I I'm a tightwad. I mean, there's not many people <laughs> I would pay to get their autograph. I'm not really an autograph person anyway. Right. Who? But who would you pay to get their autograph?
0: Who would I pay? Yes. I don't know. At the end of every show, I say put Re- Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, and I didn't pay for his autograph in Las Vegas about two years ago. But uh, who? <laughs> honestly, I, if I was at one of those things, just because I said Harry Potter, and when I say this out loud, some people are like. Oh, you like Harry Potter? Yeah, I like Harry Potter. It's awesome. Those shows are uh, awesome. I if I could get uh, just a thing, I would get the whole cast to sign something. I would pay for that. Whatever that is. Well that's
1: probably possible. Well, and another way is like is to tell if like uh, if this is your favorite TV show of all time, you probably own it. When I, mean, I, I do because I'm old, like on DVD. If I mm-hmm. love the T V series, I own it on D V D. And maybe you're past that and you're just only into streaming. But is there a TV show you love so much that you own it on DVD?
0: Well, the, I owned all the Sopranos. I owned all of okay. those. Okay, so you'd probably pay for one of their autographs if yeah, you saw them. That'd yeah. be cool. Uh, uh, I like. Do you, have you watched Game of Thrones? I've never seen Game of Thrones. Oh man, and you, I
1: feel horrible about that.
0: You should. Well, I mean, if it, look, if this is a thing you're into, mm-hmm. and you're also going to these things. You got to get in Game of Thrones. I have a book you should read. It's
1: a it's an oral history of the Sopranos, told by the people in the series. Oh, really? It's at the house right now. I'll get it to you. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would read that for sure. That that'd be really cool. Um, I, so I like, but I like all kinds of uh, different things. Um, but what I do have that is because I don't buy DVDs anymore. I, I just buy, but see, this is not going to fall in Comic Con. I th- I feel like the greatest film. Ever made because it's a series, but I feel like the greatest for me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just because my, my grandpa, my dad was in the military, I was in the military. Uh, I think Band of Brothers is probably it. I think it's the greatest series of film ever made.
1: How did you do with the film? And the name is, it's, I'm dying because I can't think of it. Uh, but the initial scenes were the uh, invasion of Normandy. You know what I'm talking about? What movie was that? Uh, it was really gory to start off.
0: Uh, oh, Saving Private Ryan? That's
1: it. How did you do with that? With that, were you okay with that?
0: Well, that, I mean, I'm okay with that kind of stuff. I, I not not to that level. Obviously, it's a different level. Yeah. I've, I've seen uh, some trauma in my life, but that, um, but like that though in the film, uh, really, think my mind when I watch that mm-hmm. goes to my grandpa wasn't there. My grandpa was in the Philippines, but his brother Kenneth was there. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and so like your uncle, you know, sure. Uh, just being there for those things. Like I start to, when I'm watching the movie, think about that. And like, you know, then you start to see, it's kind of emotional. I'm not saying like I tear up, but you know, you're like, man. Well,
1: it just tells you what those guys went through. Yeah. And then I got, I'm not going to lie. I got a little green in the gills just watching the opening part of saving private Ryan. Yeah. Uh, Part of my thing that made me love stories, I think is my dad was in the military and we lived in Germany for a year when I was in the fifth grade. It was the only year I have lived out of Oklahoma. And, um, and you did the, it
0: up right. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't move to Salina, yeah. you moved to Germany.
1: But there, there was a, a movie theater on the base in Germany. Yeah. And for a part-time job, our family cleaned the movie theater after the movies every night. Uh, so, you, I mean, you know, dirty popcorn, you, you know, you sweep it up, put it in a bag, take it in the trash can. But the perk of this job was you got to get in the movies free every day. Mm-hmm. sometimes I, would, I, I went as many times as I could. And it wasn't like today where the same movie plays three months. I mean, they would change the movie right. out know, almost every other night or something. Yeah. So uh, everything in that year I saw. And if I didn't like the movie, I'd watch the previews and come back the next night. You know? but, uh, but I saw Jaws three nights in a row. <laughs> and, uh, and one of my favorite movies of all time, you won't know it because uh, you're younger, is Race with the Devil this horror movie where these, they're chasing these devil, these devil people chase people in an RV. Uh, Peter Fonda, Sergeant Hulka from Stripes, Hot Lips from M.A.S.H. Yeah. Uh, But I, but I, going back to my point, I saw so many movies that year that, how could you not love stories?
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, I'm, by the way, I love Stripes. I, I, um, (laughs) I but I, I watch movies every night before I try, even right now, I try to watch movies before I go to bed every day. I don't know why it's just a thing I've done since I was a kid. I just am fascinated by it. Yeah. And so what am I watching? The Hunger Games is what I'm watching right now. Huh. Uh, well, you know, I, I mean, I've re re watching. I've probably seen the thing twenty times. But I got a I got a daughter, and uh, she's never. I asked her the other day. She never even heard of the show. And how old is she? Well, she's nine. But so, yeah, so she wasn't <laughs> around when it was in the theaters. <laughs> no. Okay. Not. So when I when I bring it up like you've never even heard because i don't know you know i time passes new movies happen and i was like you never even heard of this yeah and now she's fascinated with it so at what point did you come
1: to the conclusion that i'm that gee i might be old because of something your kid said or did
0: uh for me um well like there's probably multiple stories but i remember the very first time yeah The very first time I had this thought, uh, it was probably 4 or 5 years ago and I was trying to get I was outside of the vehicle, I was trying to get my daughter to roll down the window, I swear, and I did this. Like I did the I did the roll down the window sign. And, and no she, concept. No, and yeah. she sta- and she she just stared at me. And I'm like, "Roll it down." <laughs> and she just looked at me and I and I'm getting mad. And I'm like, "Roll the, roll it down." Yeah. Yeah, uh, that. Yeah. That because that's not now and that's the thing there are still roll down windows. She just hadn't been involved with sure,
1: them. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, but there's no reason for her to, to know that, right?
0: Yeah, well, that's yeah. the first time I felt really silly because I, I'm i like, everybody knows that. You know, my age, you, you walk to any vehicle right now for anybody that's old and just do this, and they're going to roll the window down. Yeah. So sure. it, for those of you that are just in audio land, that's where I <laughs> take my hand to just make a circle like I'm rolling you know, down the old churning butter sideways or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, that's it. what about you when when did
1: Well, it happened again last week because I was uh in a I was uh, selling comics, my side hustle at a comic show, and the, I was had the booth right in front of the television in the store and I asked if they could turn the volume down, so at that <laughs> moment, I knew you know i I'd, I'd crossed the threshold of being old again that I was the guy who asked the television to be turned down because it was <laughs> annoying you know yeah and, and they were nice enough to do it i I feel like I've warped my children because we binge old things. No. We we binge the entire 10 seasons of The Love Boat. I mean give a, give that a shot.
0: Oh, uh, I yeah, I ha- I know what the show is. I was alive when it was on. But, yeah. Uh no, I, I the start of it would uh, I, I can hear the intro music, but we would always turn it. We we're binging now Malcolm in the Middle. Maybe you're more familiar with Malcolm in the Middle. Well, I know what that is. Okay. But but yeah. here's where I, okay. I I stalled out earlier when I was saying, uh here's what I stream and i i me for me i feel like the office is the funniest show ever made that's what i feel like that's funny
1: you mentioned that i I I set out an oral history book on the history of the sopranos Mm -hmm. i have one on the office as well (laughs) do you really i have an oral history book on everything that you like I, i guess i don't know
0: yeah that's awesome no i feel i but i never watched any of those while they were actively playing right and for me, I actually think it kind of makes it a little better. You're out of the loop sometimes when, when people are talking. Right. But the reason I think it makes it better is because I get so fascinated. I don't want to wait till next Tuesday sure. for it to come out. I, I just don't. And so I, I actually, I'm I'm a streaming fan. Like I'm a binge watching fan. Yeah. So
1: you mentioned, uh, excuse me, what, growing up, were, were you a three channels only household? Like you get, 268 CBS NBC uh, CBS ABC. well and then Fox
0: 2 Well Fox came later I believe and then the, you had PBS and mm-hmm. Channel U. And to this day I don't know what Channel U was but yeah. we had it. Okay. Do you know what Channel U was? Not unless it was,
1: was it like it, it could have been just a UHF station 23 or 41. Oh could, yeah probably
0: probably was but you you know you get up and you turn it to U. Yeah. There was always something on you. I remember that. I'm not
1: sure TV wasn't better when we had three or four channels. I mean, I'm really – now you, you can watch anything you want. I'm not counting streaming, Yeah, but I'm like uh, cable or satellite or whatever. It just seems like it uh, – now it's so fractured. Everybody is watching a million different things, and back then you were all watching the same thing because yeah, you had no choice. Yeah, and Layton
0: he, has no idea. He doesn't even know how to get up and turn the channel. Like, hey, Leighton, get up and turn it to channel six, you know, by hand. Yeah. Nobody
1: does that anymore. Oh, no. My dad, uh, you know, normally if your parents wanted to change the channel, they would say, hey, you know, go over there, walk over there and change the channel for me because you didn't have a remote always.
0: Yes. But when, we, we were the channel changers. Okay.
1: When my dad was growing up and Mickey Mantle was playing in the World Series, my dad would stay home from school, not so much to watch Mickey Mantle playing in the World Series. Because his dad needed somebody to go on the roof and hold the antenna and turn it until reception was good enough to watch Mickey Mantle in the World Series.
0: That's awesome. And I remember that too. I didn't climb on top of the roof at that time, but I, I my Papa Doogie, who's still alive, still yeah. rolling down there. Yeah. Honestly, that same antenna's probably still on top of his house. Oh, no, no doubt. And uh, you know, it, it was like we were trying to reach NASA with that thing. <laughs> so I yeah. was just big and all forky. You know, like I don't, I don't know what the purpose was, but it worked. Yeah. We, but they had TV in there. So uh, you you said that you collect comics. I do. Or, or it's, you? It's
1: been a lifelong addiction. I bought them at uh, the you know the drugstore, uh, the uh, In and Out at Locust Grove, and you know back then you could buy them everywhere. They were at supermarkets and convenience stores, and now you can only get them at one place, and that's at a comic store. So you so. bought them
0: at the drugstore.
1: Oh yeah, Here, my the first comics I bought had a twenty cent cover price. It's how I learned to hate taxes because I had a dollar. Yeah, but I went to the drugstore. I thought I'm gonna get me five comic books <laughs> It's like, nope, you can get four, and then got some sales tax coming your way. And I thought, oh, I hate, I hate taxes.
0: Now. Yeah. Well, um, did you, ever, did you? Ever, also, I've spoke about this too. Did you ever go to Charlie's In and Out? They, you could just buy Jolly Ranchers. They were like three cents, and you could buy gum. You could, buy, and as a matter of fact, most of the time he'd probably just give it to you. Not all of it, you know. Yeah, but he was just great, go. great guy. Oh yeah, he was awesome, and and the whole the whole. Uh, Tootsie Pop thing never made any sense because if you got the star and he honored it, like he always like, oh, you got a star, get another one. All you do just pick them up and like turn it till you see a star. Like it didn't. (laughs) uh, The guy knew he was getting hosed down there on on the candies. But he didn't care. He was an awesome guy. Yeah. And I, 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 I probably had 10,000 ICES when I was a kid. 10,000 is a lot. It well, sounds like. No it. wonder
1: you're going to sugar high <laughs> t- today still. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was tracking diabetes when I was a kid. I was a
1: Mountain Dew addict, man. I would drink like six, seven a day. And uh, I gave that up about 10 years ago because. That many a day? Oh, yeah. But in my mind, there's nothing better than a cold Mountain Dew. And I'd still like to have one, but I just can't because yeah. it's just, you well,
0: know. I don't, I haven't. I haven't had a pop. I call them pop. I haven't had a pop in, I don't know, seven, eight years at all. Like, and I don't even think, I don't think about them daily. I see people get them all the time. But what, 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 (laughs) the memory that's in my head, though, when you pull one out of the ice chest that's been in there a couple of hours uh, and Uh, and it's so cold and it burns the back of your throat. Uh, Now that, that's a memory I can't shake. And there's nothing worse than a hot pop, too.
1: Like try to drink it. Try to drink a Mountain Dew that's been left out in the sun for about an hour. I you know? can't. Yeah,
0: I had one friend that uh, I guess it doesn't matter if you say his name. But one friend it was Nathan Wills. Okay. He only drank hot, like warm pop. Only. He's I've, I've for memory. I think he said um, I don't know. Maybe he had his tonsils taken out, which is opposite because they people eat ice cream. Whatever it was, he 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 had it at some point when he had some kind of that's different illness, and he loved it. Ever since I've I've
1: learned from Alice Cooper. I mean, you mentioned like interesting people I've interviewed or something, yeah. but I interviewed Alice Cooper not when he when I was an entertainment writer when I was a sports writer. The reason is Alice Cooper is a great golfer. He's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, he also is a recovering addict. Mm-hmm. And the reason that he kicked his uh, substance abuse issues, he replaced an addiction to uh, whatever he was yeah. dealing with, right, with golf. He plays golf every day. His wife tells him. Alice, go play golf, and uh, and that's worked for him. He kicked his habit yeah. by playing golf every day. And and I not to that degree, but I just I threw the Mountain Dew away, and I drink iced tea all the time now. I'm an iced tea addict. I,
0: I yeah, I, I drink unsweet tea. You, that's
1: what I drink. Yeah, yeah, unsweet.
0: Yeah, that's that's people are fascinated by it because they want me to try something, uh, wh- whether it's a mixed drink that they've made. Like oh, check this out, or whatever, uh, some kind of. I don't drink sweets. I just don't like it. I don't like sweet stuff.
1: Alice uh, is so into golf that you're aware of Raquel Welch, right? Mm-hmm. At one point, Raquel Welch was chasing him around a golf course and had apparently had either a romantic interest or knew it would be good publicity to pretend to have a romantic interest to be, because, yeah. you know, celebrity couple, whatever. Right. But, you know, I don't know our motives, so I won't speculate. Anyhow, she followed him around the golf course, and, and Alice at one point says, to Raquel Welch, who on a, not that we're uh, being pigs, but she would rank above a nine on a 10 scale, if you're on appearance, correct? Yeah. He said, uh, Corpus' finest, I believe. Yeah, yeah. She, She would say, Alice said to her, Leave me alone. I'm playing golf. <laughs> I mean, how about that for Alice Cooper?
0: <laughs> That's pretty awesome. You know what? When I was a kid, they always say some of these rockers. I remember they were like, oh, they're devil worshipers. You know, I would always hear that when they were kids. Sure. Um, I And and what you don't know about me, Jimmy, is sometimes I don't research things. I just wing it what I think is in my head, as I recall. But um, All right, so speaking of that, mm-hmm. They would always say that. He's completely not. As a matter of fact, he goes to church now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, big, big. And, and um, uh, but Ozzy Osbourne. Because people are like, oh, Ozzy Osbourne, he's a devil worshiper. Uh, and, and I'm not, we're not going to go all into that. But you'd always hear that when I was a kid. like sure. Just because it was this rock music. Well, do you know why he chose to, because it's an act, you know, he's, he's not sitting in his house in a dark lair, right? So um You know why he chose to do that? If I'm not mistaken, you may know. Uh, He lived across the street from a movie theater when he was a kid, Hmm. and and he noticed that the most packed the theaters ever were was when it was like horror movies. So when he started a band, he's like, oh, that draws attention, and that's why he did it. That's why he created that whole image. Yeah, I mean, people
1: love the bad guy or, or whatever you want to say it is. No. I mean, not, not that, this is kind of related, but, uh, you know, M- Madonna obviously did a lot of things to draw attention to herself. I mean, it, it sells, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and Dennis Rodman at one point dated Madonna, right? Yeah. What happened to Dennis Rodman after he dated Madonna? He blew up. He Well, he started dyeing his hair all the different colors. He uh, he did the kind of some wild things to get attention. He wore a dress on the cover, was it I don't know if it was Sports Illustrated, but he wore a dress in a photo shoot. So it's almost like that he learned from Madonna, like the uh, squeaky wheel gets greased. Yeah, and and like it was like from a marketing standpoint, it makes it just blows up. Well, the up.
0: The, well, the, uh, the only reason who I well I now know just because she's so big, she's big, but that's why I knew who, um, uh, <laughs> you know, that famous singer. I can't yeah, come exactly. up with her name. Uh, the movie with the singer Gaga. Yeah, the only reason I knew who she was—that's that, crazy. That was just a mental lapse. But I—I um, I didn't even know her music when she first came out. But she was wearing those wild outfits, the meat that, dress, that and you everything. Knew who it was, yeah. yeah. It's true that it's that way. And,
1: but it's important for a person to be able to to have some substance behind them and not just be uh, a gimmick, you know. And right. Al, Alice Cooper has said that too about other uh, acts. Like, uh, yeah, it's great that you. Uh, you know, have a hair full of cats, or a head full of cats, or something, or whatever your gimmick is. But yeah. where, what's your? Where's your song? You got right. a song? Uh, but yeah, but she's someone who's proven to have like a you know, obviously
0: talent. You know, so so for your pulp culture pop culture thing now, um, I know you're saying you're, you're going to those comic cons, but do you get to? Do you go to concerts? Like do
1: you? I, I do. Uh, when, when our. Um, music writer at the Tulsa World Left, we used to have a person who strictly was the music writer, and that was their job. Yeah. Uh, but that person took a job somewhere else, and I kind of inherited the music duties by uh, default. So when there's a concert in town, typically I can request review tickets, and, and they'll get, you know, get me tickets to the show and so on and so forth. We've only been turned down a couple of times. It's pretty rare when someone says, no, you can't uh, photograph or review the concert.
0: Do you do you feel cool? I'm just asking because I never got to experience this. But do you, do you feel cool when there's thousands of people in the stands, and uh, and you're like down low, and you like do you, do you well, know that? Do you realize that's such well, a cool thing? It, it's not
1: always down low. You, the tickets could be anywhere. They could be the third level of the arena, or you know, uh, in, so it, it's not guaranteed. I, I was first row for uh, Stevie Nicks and the, oh. the Pretenders. Uh, but then the usher realized he'd made a mistake and put me in the first row by accident. So I ended up being in like in the sixth row or something.
0: So the usher moved you.
1: Yeah. And it, and it was correct. It was a legitimate.
0: Oh, it's, fi- oh it's fine. that it's correct. But look, here, I learned this. Um, so we went to UFC. It's when John Jones, uh, he fought, uh, Anthony Smith or mm-hmm. bigger. That day was Ben Askren's first UFC fight. And, um, uh, he beat Tyrone Woodley, I, I believe. Uh, and then there was another one, um, Usman, was Usman? Whatever. There was a couple big names that time uh, on that fight. Well, that particular card, we got there, you know, the main event's at 9 p.m., whatever time it usually is, 8, 9, 10 p.m. I didn't know this. During those UFC events, they're fighting all day long, like all day, the mm. whole day. I mean, yeah. 9 in the morning. There's fights at 9 in the morning. Yeah. So, I'd hate to be those people, but, you know, 9, 10. Sure. So, when we walk up, we walk up from the backside just because Uber dropped us off, not in the front, so – we're walking around the building when they're wheeling out a firefighter on a gurney, <laughs> putting her in the ambulance, and we're like, "Yeah, oh shoot, man!" So like we walk around anyway. So we get in, we get inside the venue. Um, our tickets were not horrible, but there really wasn't security. We we bought the tickets where we had the private lounge behind us, but it didn't necessarily mean that we were down on the floor. Okay, so now having said this, since we got there so early. Uh, and there was no security, we sat down low watching those fights at noon, one, two, and then the usher finally shows up, and, and he's security, but we were there, so when we first passed him, we're like, hey, sir, how are you? And we talked to him for like you know, 10, 15 minutes. The night progresses. We're still up and down between the lounge and our seats. He knows now at this point our seats are down there. Yeah. So when when the fight yeah, up started. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, when the fight started, he's carding not carding, but you know, show me your tickets to everybody. And when we roll up, he's like, All right, guys. And we just uh so we sat in three thousand dollar seats that's great. for the fight, and nobody moved us and nobody sat down. So. And and they didn't lose
1: any money, so it wasn't stealing, right? <laughs>
0: no, that's right. Yeah, perfect. That's right. Here, here, here's something
1: about uh, uh entertainment as opposed to covering sp- Sports In sports, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose, right? And you're probably going to talk to some people who are in a bad mood if they lost. Everybody I talk to in entertainment is on their best behavior, and here's why. They talk to me before their event because they want to sell tickets, right? Uh, And so they're going to be on their best behavior for the most part. There's some pretty rare exceptions. But so everybody I talk to for a concert coming up, for a TV show that's coming out, for a movie that's coming out, they're all putting their best foot forward because they want to sell tickets.
0: Right. Right? Okay. So in sports, let me go here. Uh, For any of the interviews, have you ever... (laughs) Because now you can get online and you can see where basically players or uh, coaching staff at some point are at some odds with reporters kind of being rude to them. Have you ever had any of those people be rude to you?
1: No, well... I've been barked at before, and it's just part of it. I mean, yeah. it, it's a lot like a relationship with, uh, with a spouse. Mm. I and mean, uh, you're you're just in it for the long haul, and you're going to have good days and bad days, and and it's going to even out. And it's it's weird sometimes uh, for anybody. It doesn't matter any aspect of life when somebody does you mad at some point makes does something wrong yeah. or makes you mad. You have a hard time, um, forgetting that or moving past it. Right. But what you don't do is think gee, this person also helped me uh, six times, but I'm not really factoring that into the equation here. So yeah. I need to remember, too, that this person has been good to me also instead of just being one, one time when they barked at me.
0: So room full of people. Are you raising your hand or are you yelling questions like you sometimes I, see? Well, no, it's – you just kind of – it was never
1: a raising hand just situation. you make your eye contact? I think the, the one at OU is so crowded now, the OU football, because there's so many – back in the day there weren't all the websites and bloggers and there were you know so on and so forth so it was just the basically the newspaper guys the radio guys TV guys there's so many at the OU thing now i think they queue you up like it's you know we'll call on you it's your turn uh, and that sort of thing but you know basically it was just pick your spot you know wait till the, there's a lull and you jump in with your question yeah. and get out of there
0: um, you, you know, you say there's a wall like you had mentioned earlier. It's hard to get to those guys. Well, it was the media day at OU, and mm-hmm. I went. to oh, You're probably there Foot, for football all I or know. basketball. Football. Okay, you're probably there for all I know. But do you, you know, uh, Benny Long. You remember Benny Long? Yeah. A-A-D-E-R, yeah. Hey, dear. Yeah. So I go to this because I, I personally am not a OU fan. I was always a TU fan, yeah, but uh, I'm with him and I'm with the, the Brian fight. So we, we're at the game. Uh, the spring game is over, and Benny. This is just by accident. He has four pullovers in the back seat of his vehicle, and he yeah. and he asked me. He point. He's like, "All right, Lloyd, which one?" I don't know. I, we hadn't even been in the stadium. This is in the parking lot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, "I wear that white one." Well, he puts the white one on. We go in the stadium. The coaches are all wearing those white pullovers. All, oh my god! All, all of them. But well, yeah, they're all. So now yeah. the, the the game's over. He did a couple of things that made me laugh. I'll shortcut this just okay. because it's funny, but yeah. like so he wanted to get to where they were getting the autographs. So he grabs me by the shoulder And he's like, excuse me, and he's pushing people out of the way. He's like, hey, excuse me, excuse me. And he puts me right in the center with Ron L. Lewis, and there's one other. And, like, so Benny made it all the way to the center. And then when he got to the center, he turns around because people are holding those tiny mini helmets and big helmets and pictures. And he starts grabbing helmets (laughs) and pictures out of the air and signing them and and handing them back. So once he – because people saw him do that – now people are when we're starting to disperse. Like, hey, can I get a picture with you? By the way, I don't remember the guy's name, but he looked just like the tight end coach. Looked just like him. His head was bald. Joe John Finley, I, maybe, yeah. but he yeah. looked just like him I, in the in the picture. So I, I personally took about fifty pictures of Benny with OU fans. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. so now so now we're we're li- it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And, and the, one of the players, it was their birthday. That's another side note, important part to the story. But So, you know, there's festivities happening in the locker room, and then people are in and out. So when we're starting to walk, the, the field's dispersing, and Benny says, you think I can get in the locker room? And I'm like, I don't know. So I walked up in the stands because yeah. we didn't look like that. Sure. Uh, and I was there with Brian, and Benny uh, is race walking to the tunnel. Just like a coach, he's, he's race walking to the tunnel, and there were a couple people guarding, guarding the tunnel, and he's about I'm going to go thirty feet from the tunnel, and while kind of walking really fast, he gives the motion like get out of the way with his hand, yeah, and they parted, and he walked right through the tunnel. Now he's in the locker room, <laughs> and we and we can't get in, yeah, and. Uh, so he's in there for five minutes, and they don't. He looks like a coach. I mean, sure. the people in there gotta know. Oh but, my god! So he pokes his head out, but the security probably don't know everybody that's yeah, associated with it. So he pokes his head out of the side uh, where you you couldn't get in. That's guarded and gated, right? And he's like, "By the way, what you don't know is I had to pee my pants so bad, and I was like, Benny, I can't wait. I said, Brian, I can't wait. So I was walking. I went to go find the bathroom when yeah. I hear." I see Benny, but I I don't got time to even turn around. Like I got right. I, like I'm I'm in trouble here. I waited too long, so he's like Brian. What are you doing? Get in here! And security opened the gate for Brian. And he walks right in. They're in there taking pictures in Bob Stoops office with his feet up on their desk. Oh my god, <laughs> that's unbelievable! They ate birthday cake with that guy who had the birthday hanging out with his family. I saw all the pictures, and because I had to pee my pants, I didn't see any of that in <laughs> the inside. Just the pictures when we left. Now, the odds of that even happening were amazing because had I not said, wear that white one. Sure. Because that's what all the coaches were wearing. Oh.
1: But that, that's so dead on is like the secret to a lot of the stuff is just pretending like you belong. <laughs> like just blend in and go. Like don't yeah. don't draw attention to yourself. Just,
0: yeah, I belong, way, I belong here. Way minor scale. Way minor scale. But yeah. I did learn that once I started announcing uh, sporting events. Mm-hmm. When they have those hospitality booths, yeah, I get it that, that I can be in there. But I'm just saying, acting like you belong, nobody – because you have different townspeople in there. You don't sure. know the administrators. No. So I would tell people, like, just walk in that door and act like you <laughs> – like
1: I've you thought about it. this before. You've been to, like, a hotel where, like, a, some business or company has rented out part of the hotel, and they've got this big breakfast spread. Yeah. What would keep you I from just going, like, oh, yeah, I mean, hey, Joe from Consolidated, I mean, how's the eggs today?
0: Let's have a plate. I 100% know people that do that. One hundred percent. Here's one that's
1: kind of a, more of a heartwarming deal. Is uh, OSU used to have a player who was homeless as a kid in California, and uh, the, they slept in their lived in their car. Yeah. But to feed the children, the mom would go to a hotel with a like a free breakfast type yeah. situation. She would stay in the car so as not to draw attention to herself and would send the her boys in, and they would eat breakfast. And, you know, and the hotel clerk has no idea who's staying at the hotel and who's a guest and who's not. So they, that's how she fed her son's breakfast. And they, uh, that has nothing to do with that. But uh, how did they take a bath or a shower? They would go to, like, a laundry. Yeah. And there would be, like, a water hose or something. They would hose off. But uh, you do what you got to do.
0: Well, yeah, I <laughs> That's the, the guy. Did he end up in the NFL or just ended up at? He played at OSU
1: and had some uh, had some injuries and had some talent, but I think went into coaching instead of playing like
0: in the NBA or anything like that. Well, I mean, that's awesome that he made it. You know that yeah. that, that he had that direction and made it. So, um, <clears throat> did you just because you're somebody that knows all these people? You have a favorite team? You have a favorite college but, team?
1: I, you, once you become a uh, you know, a writer for right. a newspaper, you really, you got it, you can't. And if you ever did, you got to chunk it all away because, and then you get older and it doesn't matter anyway. Because, uh, but I, there's no such thing as, you have to love sports to be a sports writer. So obviously something got you interested in sports, right? Yeah. And for me, I, that was the Pittsburgh Steelers and it always will be. And I corrupted Chris Ross completely, Yeah. whose parents wanted him to be a Dallas Cowboy fan. And I'm sorry, it <laughs> didn't work out. <laughs> But no, and, I, and I, I retain that to present day. I mean, like right. Sunday, I'm watching the Steelers. I mean, I don't care what else happens Sundays. I'm watching
0: the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I was fortunate for this. Um, there, now, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan because everybody, you become fans for different reasons. And I'm a Buffalo Bills fan mm-hmm. because Nintendo came out and they had Super Techno Bowl. And uh, and I use Buffalo Bills only. Only, because they had Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas. it's the only way I rolled. Yeah. And it turns out they are really good. And then if you start to look at the date that the game came out, I could have been a bandwagon fan there, because mm. I think they'd already went to one maybe when that game came out. Um, But I, n- I never have wavered. But I am kind of a bandwagon Steelers fan, because I've been to probably seven Pittsburgh Steelers games. Mm. And the last one I was at, oh, man, am I going to blow this? Not, not 70 – I was at some kind of um, event where they brought back all the Hall of Famers. You probably were backstage from your, other, for your previous stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I uh, – <clears throat> so at the time, there was a vendor that, that came. And we weren't really supposed to take things from vendors uh, at, that, at that place –
1: Uh, ethically you mean like you're not supposed to accept
0: things well yeah you could use ethics but um that was more their that was more their take i got like i was cool with it okay i was i was ethically way cool with it all right so so vendor comes on he's like hey do you guys want to go watch the steelers games and they brought back all these hall of famers which was cool whatever it was i probably go have the ticket somewhere i keep wanting to say 75th anniversary but i I don't that's too extreme i don't i don't remember what it said i you brought up Tech
1: Mobo. One of the worst things I've done this year is I found my Super Tech Mobo 2 and I plugged it back into a TV set. And I've got there are not enough hours in the day <laughs> and I got about seven projects I need to be that I'm working on or need to be working on. Yeah. But I plugged that stupid thing in. <laughs> you know, and it take and if, depending on the settings, it takes about thirty minutes to play a game with the yeah. settings I use. Right. And you know you find yourself like, well, I'll just I'll sit there, I'll, sit, I'll play one game, you know, and then four <laughs> games later you're mad because it's like golf. You're you're not really playing against the other team. You're playing against to beat whatever you did the last. Yeah, time. Like right. I don't just want to win this game. I want at the end of the season I want to have all the records yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly so. But I've had to like call it quits. Like, no, I, mean, I don't care if it, it if it whispers to me like come play, you know. No, I'm I just I got to do other <laughs> things.
0: Uh, well, I. I carried around. This is before it was nostalgic, but I carried around my Nintendo and Sega and Super Nintendo. I carried them around for for like twenty years. Every place I would go, you know, because I, I lived a few places, you know. And so, and, and I always had it. It was in this big crate. And one day, oh, and now a while ago, I carried it around for felt maybe fifteen years. And then um, about 10, 12 years ago, somewhere in there, I'm like, man, I'm tired of lugging this around. Mm. None of this cool stuff hit now. You know, now sure. it, 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 they just were kind of old, and I wasn't really playing them. Yeah. And I, I, I took it to, you know, whatever, the vintage stock, mm-hmm. and they thought they hit the mother load, and and, uh, and so did I because I can't believe how much money they gave me for it. They
1: gave me $15. And yeah.
0: right now, oh, well, they gave me a lot. Oh,
1: they did give you a lot. Oh, they That's gave good. Me, oh, That's they good. gave me a okay. l- l-
0: Yeah, like I couldn't believe how much they gave me. Awesome. Uh, for stuff I that I was – I mean, honestly, I could have probably gave it away at my thinking at the right. time, and they gave me like eight hundred dollars. I'm like, oh, wow. Well, I had a bunch of games. Well, now I wish I hadn't done that. Sure. Well, that's
1: a, that's the history with everybody who's ever sold anything. That's that's cool. Like you never know when is the right time to sell. Like yeah. something may be worth uh, two hundred now and five hundred next year. But when, how long do you hold on to something, and when do you sell it? Yeah. And, uh, I don't do sports cards, but obviously that's exploded. Right Again, in the last couple of years since COVID,
0: yeah, except for Le- LeBron James cards. Uh, Layton's favorite player is LeBron James, and he thinks he's better than Jordan. But we're not going to talk about it. The, while, while he's wearing Jordan.
1: okay. I have a question. <laughs> yeah, is that an Urkel figure up oh, there? Oh, it sure is. That is awesome. Yeah, that's Layton's there. I, I've seen Urkel at a pop culture convention,
0: and he—I mean, he's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I call him—is it Jamil or Jalil? Jalil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jalil. Uh, that's. Pr- did, did you speak to him then?
1: No, I just heard him at a. At a one of those oh, Q, just Q and A yeah, sessions.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, See, that's fascinating. That would be absolutely but, fascinating.
1: Here's the deal: is these Comic Cons used to be Comic Cons. You, they were being at a hotel room, and it would be comics and Star Trek stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: But that's now they're pop culture cons. Mm-hmm. And if if you like stuff, stuff being all the stuff we've talked about, music. Oh, it, I thought you like
0: stuff like that, which
1: I like yeah. too. But if you like stuff, yeah, then it's for you because they're it's going to be. Uh, about TVs and movie, TV movies, right. music, everything else. Vince Neil has been at a Comic Con and t- as a guest in Tulsa.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I think you're missing out if you don't. Do you have HBO Max? I I think so. I think you're missing out if you don't go watch Game of Thrones. I need to
1: get current with a lot of things. Hold on,
0: hold on. Let me ask. Did you watch Lord of the Rings and all that kind of stuff? Um, I've seen some of it. So if you, but if you like that kind of stuff, you'll. It's just an awesome show. Let me ask you about a show.
1: Yeah. Have you seen Reservation Dogs, the FX on Hulu?
0: No, because I because I don't have Hulu. Because, all right, so doesn't matter. I'm just telling you. you I had a Sprint phone. at Hulu show comes out. I switched services because I was getting hosed by Sprint. You have to see this because it's about four
1: native youths yep. who, after the death of their friend, want to escape their little town. It's filmed in Okmulgee. Right. And go to California, you know, because, hey, you know, California. But uh, watching the show, I see this, and it's like, these are all the people that were my friends growing up. Yeah, These characters exactly. I grew up with these people. <laughs> this could have been filmed on Johnny Chopper Drive <laughs> in Oklahoma. <August laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I mean, if you watch it, you'll say, I know these people. Our entertainment section at the newspaper, Yeah. food is golden. In Oklahoma, do we have an ocean? No. 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 Do we have mountains? Do we have food? Yeah, we have great. We have some great. I love dives and greasy spoons. Yeah, but food is golden with our readers because uh, we're we're a foodie town. We have stuff to do. We got lakes and creeks and right. all a uh, million other things to do. And and OK Pop, the great museum is going to open next year. But uh,
0: man, uh, two two we're, things. We're you said Go that. ahead. Uh, my, my favorite, my most favorite. Well, I just discovered uh, El Rancho Grande. Uh, I mean, I've driven past that 11th street. Yeah. I've driven past that place my entire life. It's been there since I was, before I was born. Uh, not until this whole COVID thing hit. Well, you know, it wasn't during that, but right after, um, I drove by and I'm like, you know what? I've been looking at that sign my whole life. I'm pulling it. That place is great. But my new, I just wanted to throw that out. Okay. But my new favorite place probably is La Tertulia. Have you been there? It's a new Mexican inspired, uh, Hmm. restaurant and it's right downtown. Uh, I believe it's on third street and and uh and then Lone Wolf well, yeah. I think Lone Wolf is fascinating Here,
1: here's the question We typically do uh, visitor guides like when the pga's in town like mm-hmm. here's our visitor guide and we have like throw restaurant recommendations out. you can only name one restaurant in all of Tulsa of visitors coming and you want to guarantee they have a good experience and good food what's the one place you're going to send them to? well don't make your sponsors
0: mad i'm not well I, I first of all i'm a barbecue guy so but but that place i feel like burned down unless you're going to go to the Riverwalk, walk burn cove, right? right right i mean that that would be a place that I
1: th- burn cove downtown was fantastic and the jinx one's good too it's just a hole right. right where we live
0: but if you had to, if you had to pick one that, that's the thing because you're picking one is i guess is that how you're told hey you got one just throw it out because it would depend on what style, you know, what what you're looking True. for, uh, but I I am a La Tertulia fan by okay. f- far because I like spicier stuff, and they make these things with hatch chilies, and they're awesome. Hmm. It's just just everything. It's yeah. it's uh, I think it's. Great. I think
1: the last time we did it, we all threw out three recommendations, yeah. but but the one I'm always going to say is White River Fish Market.
0: Oh, on North Sheridan. Oh yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, for sure. Because.
0: Um, I you're, get the kebabs uh, just every time. That's a, what I get. A
1: lot of places are kind of tight wads on their sides. And like, you know, they're going to, you get this and that's it. Yeah. All right. I can get a baked potato and onion rings for sides <laughs> at White River Fish Market. And and there's no upcharge for that. You have them bring it to me.
0: Well, uh, the, what's funny is since it's a fish place, you think you're going to go there and be healthy. Right? Because it's fish. But then they got that rotating pie thing right by like where you pay, yeah. and I'm like, man, I want, I want that, <laughs> I want all of those. Yeah. And I usually, I'm eating the cheesecake. It's gonna happen every time.
1: <laughs> we we got off on food there. I did that to us, I guess. Yeah. But, uh,
0: well, that's okay. I got probably probably because it's hungry time. It Could be hungry time. Maybe, I don't maybe. know. But, but
1: I'm not gonna say like this is like in my three. Maybe it would be. Maybe it wouldn't. But have you ever been to, to Lindemar drive in on the other side of Highway 75? 100% I've been there. Yeah. To me, I just love that they show Andy Griffith. Only. Oh, only. That's, only. They're, it's going to be a continuous loop. You're going to see Andy Griffith on television when you eat there.
0: Uh, I'm going to guess in my lifetime, I've ordered over 200 pounds of jalapeno chicken at that place.
1: I'll, I go to the chicken basket every time. Yeah. I go there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, not always the jalapeno, but.
1: I love the chicken basket more than anything else they have on the menu.
0: I order two orders of jalapeno chicken. That's a lot. That's what I order. Because I have trouble finishing a one order of yeah, chicken. And yeah, I, and I order two. But I do say, just give me one order of fries because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is too much. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, because I, I over eat. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Jimmy mm-hmm. – I just told you I like the cheesecake, but realistically, I don't need a lot of sugar. Um, I'm chubby because I overeat. That's what that
1: is. You're chubby because you accepted the challenge to get up to to do this TikTok yeah, thing. Thanks, Chris. He really blew it can, for everybody. Can I can I advise you on this? Yeah, I'm not sure that's a great idea to to gain weight and lose weight just for the sake of TikTok. I, mean, uh...
0: I you know uh, I was really inspiring the the youth of today. That's okay. what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but uh, currently, from that from that goal weight there, I'm only down 20 pounds. So it's a uh, in about you know a year and a half, <laughs> I don't I don't think I inspired anybody when I But people
1: are used to hearing your voice on the PA at the football stadium here. How's mm. how's that been for you?
0: Uh, I, I like I well, I mean just because you say that there, there's a lot of people who I don't personally know, and they're like, hey man, what's up, Lloyd? And it's and that's that's kind of cool. Um, but I enjoy I enjoy doing that not just from from that aspect. Yeah. I enjoy it because. Look, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, Les Kern announced all the shirts. Sure. Yeah, and and uh, I, I'm, I, as a child, it's not like I grew up thinking I wanted to be Les Kern necessarily, but I was like fascinated. I'm like, you know, one day I want to do that. I don't even know how you got to do that. Right. I I, did, I didn't know. I still don't. It's not like it's something that you've been asked. It should to be do. a reality
1: show. Like you have to <laughs> yeah. pass all these tests and everything.
0: Yeah. Well. So um, I, 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 without going too in depth. I'm not sure how I actually became friends uh, Mm. with uh, the coach, but I did. And it was a while ago and just, and then just filtered. I talk a lot. Sometimes I talk fast and I try to just spin people in circles just to make them laugh. And uh, he's like, Hey man, do you want to announce? And I actually said, no, it was the first time I was like, no, I'm cool. I don't want to. And, um, and he's he's like, ah, we'll think about it. And then you show up two weeks later Mm -hmm. at my first meeting. I walk in and they, um, Um, he's like, Hey, on Friday night, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And I said, so I'm like the guy or (laughs) he's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the athletic director was there (laughs) anyway. So, I mean, that's it. I, but I'm fascinated by that because, um, you like, I'm into the game. You got to watch every play. And I actually watch it through binoculars because I can't see the numbers from the press box. Yeah. So. Um, I, like I'm the games fly by so fast because I'm so busy trying to not mess up and I'm trying to say the words and trying to see, I don't use a spotter anymore because I use binoculars. Mm. So I feel like I can, like I you see can get it the information
1: all. out faster yeah. without a spotter. Yeah. I guess I don't know.
0: Well, I, the one, the first one I had or the only time, cause first year I had it, he was actually great and he's very good at sports. He's sports minded and he knows mm-hmm. all the calls. And so, I basically was just saying what he would say. <laughs> what, what have <laughs> you
1: learned? Have you learned do this or don't do this?
0: Uh, in in football, um, no, I don't. I don't feel like I feel like I, I did pretty good from the start in football. Uh, basketball was a more of a learning curve um, because I didn't. I even played basketball, but I don't. I didn't remember like all the calls. So you know when the really good announcers like oh blocking foul whatever I don't. I wouldn't say that because even though I know it was a foul, I could say, oh, charge. There's just things you could spit off from playing. I wouldn't know the calls. So I'm not – I wasn't, like, real good with that. And and I I guess all all three sports, what have I learned? Mm-hmm. When <laughs> when I'm supposed to play the national anthem because I don't know. Like, you, you just think, like, you just go up there and call, but you're really in charge of the presentation before the thing starts. Yeah. And so, like, there's some things – like, there's more structure to it than anybody would ever actually think. So if you see any of the sported events, I'm running around with a piece of paper and a clipboard before those games start, mm. All, every week, every time I announce any sport, uh, just because I don't want to screw people's names up. So I try to I go to their coaches to try to say it right, uh, and but the anthems. So my very first anthem, and then I'll, I'll silence that talk. But very first football game, mm-hmm. a guy who I hardly ever talked mm. to on the phone, literally probably. Only during fantasy football season, but he never really calls. The very first time, I'm playing the National Anthem. The stands are packed. (laughs) It's the first game of the year. Anthem's playing. Uh, I figured out how to do it now, but I had my phone plugged in, playing the National Anthem off of my phone. And I got a text message Mm. in the middle of the National Anthem. so it interrupted the Anthem. It shut down the Anthem, and I am... That's the thing. When you're trying to act in a split second to for technology, it doesn't work like you want it to. I couldn't turn it off fast enough, and then I couldn't find the music fast enough to hit play again. Right. I mean, it, there was about a probably a twelve second gap, and it, then people start staring up at it me. It was your chances to sing it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, one, uh, yeah, uh, one one time um, we weren't they weren't going to have an anthem singer, and somebody made a joke. And they're like, "Oh, you should sing the anthem." So I actually went and recorded the national anthem. Ah, Uh, And and I'm not the greatest singer, but I've heard some people sing anthems. I think I'd probably be just fine. Uh, But I couldn't bring myself to push the button for my own voice because I'm like, I'm going to be an idiot if I do that. Mm. So I completely didn't do it.
1: Isn't it horrible to watch a sports movie and the guy at the PA, like the position you have, is doing play-by-play like, Johnny has the ball, you going to do it? Like, no, that doesn't happen anywhere. Get, get, get that out of the movie because that doesn't happen.
0: Uh, no, it doesn't happen, but you'll find uh, some occasional uh, towns, little tiny towns, because people will tell me those horror stories, and yeah. they're like, this guy talks the whole game. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I, th- th- he may say otherwise. This is just a story I heard back in the day, but Les Kern was announcing, and he was saying – he was he was attempting to say the play and like people were pick they could hear it and they were picking up on it. Oh, okay. and so they like yeah. called him – I heard that's what I heard, right? Okay. So now I never I never attempted to make that mistake. I didn't oh. I, I didn't want to. But yeah, but I, I like it. And then just back on this thought mm-hmm. to basketball. Okay, I like that because I literally have the greatest seat. See, when I keep asking, like acting like you have access to all these cool things. It's because you're kind of behind the scenes, like you get to see stuff that just regular people sitting up there don't see. So when I'm sitting right beside the visiting coach, and Verticus has had a lot of success, so usually the coaches are fired up. The opposing team, mm-hmm. I hear it all. It's the greatest seat to be in. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And and you would be fascinated at how many times people turn around to me in the middle of the game and they're like, "Can you believe that? Can, do you see that?" Yeah. And and you can't say anything. Sure.
1: So. Has a ref ever gave you the stink
0: eye for something you said? No, I've always been no, I've always, yeah. I've always been pretty pretty cool with uh, with those guys. I try for somebody like me is such a wild idiot in other settings. I try with all my heart to be professional. And just so you know, if you go to a lot of TU games or have in the past, that announcer at TU games huh? when I speak in the microphone, not while I'm talking to you, but right. when I, when, I, when I speak in that microphone. In my head, I'm trying to sound like that guy to you. Stadium, well, that's cool. Like that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And so w- there's a lot of people that didn't even know I was the announcer. Uh, it, they found out later, right? Because when I talk, yeah. when I'm just speaking, it doesn't sound like me. Now, when they score touchdowns, and I <laughs> when they score touchdowns, sometimes I'll stutter out touchdown mm-hmm. on per like I'll, I'll just be like. <laughs>
1: It's, it's your trademark
0: yeah i like do that well, stuff all the time just to make people laugh but yeah, anyway well okay i i, t- I tell you what um I, I appreciate you being on i mean we're, we're rolling in here but b- an hour and 20 minutes here. yeah how about that uh, i mean I, and then that's that's the thing like i'm gonna uh, i'll start to close this thing out but i literally could talk to you for eight hours Well,
1: that's the beauty of this format is you can just have a conversation and it goes on and it never feels like an interrogation. It feels like a conversation, right? And whereas if you, I mean, I did some radio for like seven years, and and the, you got commercials every twenty minutes, you know. Yeah. So you when you have a guest on, you got this long and this long, and it feels horrible because you have to everything you want to know, you got to find out in the next fifteen minutes, right? And keep them like here. Here's this is horrible. It's like you ask somebody a question, hoping to get the good answer. But instead, they kind of trail off and and uh, filibuster about some boring stuff that is making people turn the dial like they don't want to hear that. Right. But you don't want to be just a jerk and inter- and interrupt and say, "Oh, okay, great, but uh, what about this?" <laughs> so, that, like, uh, I've never been more nervous than when I interviewed William Shatner on the phone. Yeah. Like I, Heisman Trophy winners, great coaches, so on and so forth. Shatner was the one that made me nervous because I love Star Trek. Okay, so I what, if I make this guy mad, I'm not just making William Shatner mad, I'm making <laughs> Captain Kirk mad. James too. T. Kirk's yeah. mad. Yeah, so this has to go fantastic, and it can't go horrible. So uh, so when the lady on the other end of the phone says, you'll have William Shatner and uh, hang on the hold of the line, You, he'll be on the phone line in 10 seconds, it's like my stomach was churning, like this has to go well. And thankfully, he's it went well. He's a stud duck, and I've talked to him like two or three times on the phone since then, and it's all uh-huh. Uh, gone well I, I gave him a switzer book by the way at a pop culture convention and his handler called me the next day and thanked me for doing it and He a proofread
0: by barry switzer
1: yeah and, no. and he's and the, and actually the handler says uh shatner read your book but he wants to know what is a wishbone
0: you know it's, <laughs> it's the old offense
1: but uh where was i going with that uh before
0: I, uh, uh well, God, well you're get, saying we were just having a conversation because oh
1: that's what i was going to say thank you uh, like typically, a celebrity interview of that magnitude, they'll say you have ten minutes, mm-hmm. and then you know, because like if you're if you're, it's probably to it's to protect the celebrity because if you're like just a straight fanboy instead of more professional, yeah. Yeah. you could go on for an hour. And like okay, in episode in season three, episode two, when you turned around, <laughs> you know what well, you said this is Spock, you know and it's like no, uh, so so they typically keep you on a tight leash, right. And so that's the hard part. It's like, oh, I want to get the best possible answers, but I got 10 minutes to do it. And so we got to keep this moving. And how are we going to do that? So
0: now you, now you, I mean, Evil Knievel's so famous. Will, William Shatner's so famous. Is there, is there a, like a most famous guy? William Shatner's, I mean, really high up there. Shatner's like, pretty big. Yeah. But is there like a most I mean, famous tiger? I mean, I've talked to tiger in, in
1: group settings, never one on one.
0: Just. Uh, I, how many questions did you get to ask him?
1: I made him mad. Did you? Yeah, because I, people t- tell me I made him mad. I don't know. He didn't tell me. But at the, at the time of 2007 PGA Championship, he was on top of the world. Mm-hmm. But his kryptonite was Southern Hills. He had never won there, and in fact, hadn't really played all that great. But he'd only been there twice, and so you, you try to ask, uh, not in such in that blunt terms, like, "Hey, this is your kryptonite. You know, so it kicked your butt. So how do you feel about coming back?" But however, however, I worded the question. People say that oh, you, I'm not sure you you should have answered us that better. Probably should should have. But uh, yeah, whatever. Did
0: you, did, did you ever go back? The questions you ask them are those things that make it on TV, or just questions you ask them so you can write it in the newspaper? Like, are you in the are you in the room when you're asking questions that's televised? Yeah, and and and. Uh...
1: A one-on-one is much better because it's all yours. Let's say you do all the homework and you know this information, nobody else knows. And you're, and you want to get that information for yourself to write your story. But it, you know, one-on-one you can do that. But in that big group setting, you say that now it's everybody's information and whoever can run and print it first or go on the air with it first. It's, Oh my gosh, they're, they had that great idea to do this. And it's worked the other way where, uh, uh, I interviewed Kenny Rogers one time in a group setting, the music guy. And, uh, Someone else asked him a question about Elvis, his relationship with Elvis. And then so I, I, you know, for better or worse, I was one of the first ones to write the story from the conference. And so his here, his people tweet like, hey, if you want to know how I feel about Elvis, go read what Jimmy Trammell wrote at the Tulsa World. It's like, you know, thanks. But that other person asked the question about Elvis. So, you know.
0: That's well. That I, I just think it's a fascinating world, and and I think it's cool. I also think it's cool that these are people that people see on TV, and they're like, "Oh man, it'd be so cool to meet them." And you've met thousands of people. <laughs> And
1: always treat them like people, not celebrities, because they, I think they smell that when you want to treat them like, oh my, you know, I have to yeah. bow down before you just act like you guys at the OU game when you had those, the matching uniforms, <laughs> just act like you belong and, yeah. and, and just, and they're people and well, they want to be treated like people.
0: Well, I always, I, I always thought that when I speak to somebody famous that I would do that. But the thing is, is I used to do stand-up comedy shows. And so I've, I've met a few famous people just from, from sure. doing that. Yeah. Um, and I did figure out, but <laughs> what you don't know, though, is like when, you're, when they come to your local club, like I was the host of the, of the club. Mm-hmm. And so they would come to, to these clubs, and they're, they're, these are big national acts. And so when you speak to them, I didn't do it all the time, but I don't know, you say fanboy. I found myself, I stopped doing it because I realized that eh, I was always trying to say something funny. Mm. because they were funny. And they're professionals. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. It's a, and, but I I, mean, I'm not such a such a nerd that I wasn't smart enough to figure it out sure. pretty fast, yeah. but I I would know when I would try to be funny, I'm like... Mm. <laughs> like
1: yeah, you don't want to play chess against, it's against the chess master. But yeah, yeah, it's not
0: natural either, so right. just be normal. And then through you being normal, if you are just a funny guy, just from being normal and then having a relationship and then getting to know them, then they do think you're funny, but they don't think you're funny when you're just like... Sure. Hey. Yeah. I, I,
1: I would hear people do that. Don't give me a name because I don't like to rat on people because it's not really fair. Maybe the one bad day they had out of a hundred. Have you ever had an interaction with one of them that went really bad? And like, ah, I don't know if I like this guy anymore. Don't give me the name.
0: Uh, yeah. But for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. The answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, I I was kind of excited to do this show. Yeah, I actually I'll probably tell you the name after the show just because because okay. this may be a world I exist in again one day. But uh, is it Harpo Marx? No, he he was a writer. He's a new guy. You'd see him on some of the uh, some of those roasts, celebrity roasts. He's on some which of which I love. Yeah, yeah. And and um, but he also was busy too. And I was opening for him, and uh, he was still writing because he was like working oh. while he was okay uh, doing it. And, um, I just don't feel like he was, I was excited when he was coming. And then afterwards I'm like, yeah yeah, I don't, but th- but then again, I can't, I, I, in, in fairness, he was still working. Like he was yeah. actually working right up until he got on set. So he, there sure. must've, there must've been some kind of time crunch because he was actively sitting in the green room, like doing this. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't want to give a name
1: here. I talked to a Saturday night live guy on the phone, uh, And uh, typically, fairness, they always want to promote the next thing they're doing instead of what they were doing a 1,000 years ago because they want to sell tickets like we've established. But um, at the end, I asked him, well, can I ask you a question about Saturday Night Live? And he he just said, no. He said, what were you doing 30 years ago? So he just wouldn't talk. Here's a Saturday Night Live alum who basically owes his career to the show, but he wouldn't talk about anything about it. But as a reader... Do they want to read about the next thing the guy's got coming up? Yeah. Or would they rather be read
0: about when he was really funny on Saturday Night Live? Well, yeah, I hear recently in the news, you know, some of those guys that were the most famous from the show, uh, people are turning on them because they're like, oh, he's rude. I don't like him. He's just a rude well, guy. The, the interesting
1: part, the follow-up to that, is the same guy did a national interview the next day instead uh-huh. of the interviewing with a guy in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know what he talked about? So Saturday, not Saturday, Sure did. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
0: Yep. Well, it, that's pretty cool. Listen, Jimmy, I, I thank yep. you uh, for showing up very much. Um, I'll get off here. You got anything uh, you, you want to promote at all for you for you get off? Yes,
1: uh, Prior Creek Comic Convention, October fifteenth at the fairgrounds in Prior. If you uh, like some of this nerdy stuff we've talked about, then we're gonna. It'll be our sixth year. It benefits the Prior Area Arts and Humanities Council. the money does not go to uh, me. I just kind of wrangle the thing for them because I have some contacts yeah, that sort of thing. So uh,
0: five bucks to get in and the Prior Creek Comic Con on October 15th and prior. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, we'll, we'll check it out. I'll we'll, uh, I'll throw that in there somewhere at the first of the show. So cool. I appreciate you being on here. Uh, very cool. And uh, listen, guys, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and get off here for now. But I uh, appreciate everybody listening this week. Uh By the way, you'll know, Jimmy, because it has nothing to do with what we just talked about. Put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, everybody. Uh, He's getting in. (laughs) It's going to happen. I just don't know when. Uh, uh, Love everybody. We'll see you next week.